Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. It is time once again for more fun than ought to be legal. Joining me once again after recovering from being sick is Run for God founder Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. Yeah, I didn't have COVID, but I've got my annual sinus crud just... Still a little bit hanging on, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, my, you know, I, I could, I could still probably sing in the the bass section of the gospel group, <laughs> which is pretty cool. You know, it's funny. I get up in the mornings, and that's the one cool thing about having sinus congestion is, it's I don't know what it is. First thing in got the morning, that deep voice. And the shower, you know how stuff reverberates in the shower. My whole family can probably hear me <laughs> just talking in the shower. But uh, yeah, I, I wish I could. I wish I could keep that voice all year long i like yeah. that deep voice but you know yeah it is what it is yeah it's all good it's all good I, I i read uh you know i was i just got over being sick i was sick for two weeks i don't know that i've ever been sick two weeks in my whole life seriously yeah never and then as i'm 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 about to recover from this two weeks of being sick i read this thing that says if you got the covid shot then it was decreasing your immunity and making you more susceptible to be to get other sicknesses. Awesome. And I'm, I'm like, whoa, hey, wait a minute. And, and of course, I don't believe any of that. This is all conspiracy theory. I'm, I'm not advocating that that's true or yeah. anything like that, but it's like it, all of a sudden in my mind, you know, I start the- It all makes sense. Yeah. You? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Mine great. is strictly ragweed. If you live yeah. in the South, you know what ragweed is. It's that it's that red flowery stuff that you see popping up in your yard in the fall, and it just wreaks havoc yep. on my sinuses. So, Sudafed is my friend this time of year. <laughs> All right, hey, it's championship time of year, isn't it? It's uh, we got it a is. region championship in cross country mm-hmm. next week. Mm-hmm. There's conference championships. There's state championships on the horizon. Yeah, it's uh, this is a fun time of year, isn't it? It sure is. Hey, before we get to that, yeah, let's talk about our sponsor for All this right. week. Now, remember. We've had a few new sponsors come on here recently, yeah. and, and this being one of them. But if you have a business out there and you would like to support Run for God and allow us to support your business in return, uh, you can send an email to runlanehollis at gmail.com. Uh, Lane will get you all the information on, on what we do and how it works, but uh, you can shoot him an email. But this week's sponsor is Outer Elements Landscape and Design. Uh, established in 2011, Outer Elements is a design-build landscape company servicing northwest Georgia and the Chattanooga area, specializing in the latest techniques in landscape architecture and design. Outer Elements has the professional experience to develop a wide range of projects in both the commercial and residential sectors. From irrigation installation, hardscape construction, planning, and beyond, Outer Elements can help conceptualize any landscape project and make it into a reality. If you want to reach out to them, contact them at 678-445-1968 to connect with a passionate landscape architect. Those guys do magic. Yeah. We've yeah. we've used landscape architects several times in the past and 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 build design companies and it's uh it's amazing what they can do. First so rate stuff. Reach out to them. 
Yeah, yeah. Nothing like seeing a nice, crisp, clean landscape. Yeah, I'm about to do pine straw in my yard. And that's, Are you? I love I love pine straw time of year because yeah. it's it's I don't know. It makes it look like a new house. Yeah, it really yeah. does. It's cool. We had a Facebook post from this past week, and <clears throat> I wanted to share this one. It's from Todd O. C. Shoemaker. You may know that name if mm-hmm. you are on that um, and, and um, documentary mm-hmm. is coming out. And uh, here's here's his post. It says, "Our documentary, Dead Man Running: The Todd Shoemaker Story, won the Audience Choice Award last night at the Treasure Coast International Film Festival." Laura West Shoemaker and I are blessed to be surrounded by a wonderful team who helped turn our crazy, beautiful journey into a documentary. We had a wonderful time at the festival. Great people and organizers. Congratulations to all the filmmakers. Keep sharing your stories. Jesus is good. You know, uh, I had a chance to, Todd allowed us to preview this documentary. It hadn't come out yet. Yeah. Even as of this recording, I don't think it comes out till November, November 17th. November 17th. Mm-hmm. Um, but I watched it the other night with my family, and I, I texted Todd after, and I knew his story, but man, this documentary was powerful. Yeah. Very powerful. It just, it. This is how, that story is how I heard his story. You know, I heard his story, and of course, I tried to relay it to you, and it obviously, yeah. I can't do it justice. I mean, it, to say it, to say it's a modern day Job might be a stretch, but it's pretty darn close. <laughs> it's as close I mean, as I know was of. Seven, seven, 17, how many years? Yeah. So seven, I think it was 17, 17 years. 17 yeah, years of a long just time. one thing after another medically, and to see the the faith that he had and constantly looking to Jesus it's just it's incredible it'll give you cold chills yeah. and what about the run for god product placement yeah yeah <laughs> i mean he that was yeah. that was pretty cool to see a, a documentary that's winning these awards and to see him sporting his run for god gear the whole time that was a uh, that was pretty awesome but yeah i i encourage everybody listening um and i'm sure we'll put something out there on his behalf because i, I just believe in the story and and I really want people to see it. So kind of stay tuned mid, late November uh, for something. We'll, we'll send something out and tell you how you can get that or watch that or, or go see that. Yeah, and I think it's going to be available for free. So, oh, uh, really? I, yeah, I believe so. So we'll, we'll see how it goes in November. But, you know, one of the things about this, his story that really struck me was it makes you feel better about your own faith. Mm-hmm. Because you realize there were points, as as much of a miracle right. as this whole story is, there were points along there where they had doubts. Even even a guy as 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 faithful as he was and his wife and how they they always stayed focused in the right direction. There were moments in right. private where they sure. were they were doubting, and um, and I just I think that's so because sometimes every time we doubt, we feel like uh oh, I'm disrespecting God. Yeah. Right. And uh, that's just that's just not the case. And it was anyway, it was it's a great story. All of these things he went like you said, none of these things he went through were just ordinary sicknesses. I mean, they were all major things. And he still has the Parkinson's. Yeah. Which when he was diagnosed, they were told him that usually lived five to eight years, which is true. Right. I mean, medically, statistically, that's that's true. Right. And he's defying all the statistics. Yeah. Yeah, and how does he celebrate getting Parkinson's disease? He went skydiving. <laughs> yeah. Who does that? Yeah. Who does yeah. that, right? 
Uh, so anyway, it's a, it's a great documentary. You do need to check it out and uh, and check it out. I'm not. I don't want to give the ending away, but I'm just going to tell you. Yeah. If you can watch, if you can listen to the ending to the to the final part of of Todd's story, and I say final, the final part hasn't been written, but right. the the part, the culmination of the miracle. If you can listen to that and not get a tear in your eye or jump for joy or something, then you're. Yeah, you got some things you need to work on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it led to a, a thirty-minute conversation with with our family, my wife and two kids. After that, just talking about because we've talked about miracles in the past and how you know so many miracles today are they're explained away with modern medicine and things like that. And it was so cool that that wasn't. The, I'm not going to give anything away, but that wasn't the case with Todd's story. Yeah, and you'll get it when you when you see it. But yeah. um, it was. There's no question that it was a modern day miracle for sure. what's happened to him. For so, sure. Yeah. So if you're struggling with anything, you need to see this film. If you're struggling with wondering why God allows bad things, you know, I've got a I've got a stepson in the hospital right now mm-hmm. who's who can't walk. Um, you wonder why does God let those things happen? Well, if you're wondering why, mm-hmm. go see this film and I, I think it'll make you feel better better about seeing those things happen sure. not not that they're good things but mm-hmm. that uh that god can make good things out of just about anything exactly yeah <clears throat> all right we had a trivia question for last week and uh, i love this trivia question because this, this guy was one of my favorites back mm-hmm. in the day when i was competitive in high school and college and um the question was who holds the record for the most sub four minute miles uh, and then the, the follow-up question to that was, what other now-defunct sport was he instrumental in forming? Hmm. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, today, you don't hear the name Steve Scott very much. Did you, did you ever hear I've the name Steve Scott? I've never heard the name Steve Scott. Steve Scott was ubiquitous back in the 80s. He was just all over the place because he ran every big mile race there was, he was in it. The only Scott I know from the 80s was Lindsey Scott. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that one too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Buck Balud and Lindsey yeah, Scott, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Steve Scott, he was an American. He ran 137 sub four minute miles. Um, who has even come close to that? What is like second place? Second place is, um, it's close. It's like, oh, really? Yeah. It's like, I would have thought it had been like half of that. No, it's, it's, it's fairly close. I think it's Nick Willis, actually, okay. who's still, who's still running today. Uh, uh and I'll talk about Nick here in a minute. Um, but Steve Scott, you know, did he go to Oregon or or Stanford or Colorado or one of those big running schools? No. He went to the University of California, Irvine. Hmm. I love a guy like that, right? That's awesome. That comes from a place like that where nobody expects you to come from. He set three American records. Um, outdoors, um, the last time was in 1982. And then he held the record for 26 years that's how far ahead of his time he was 26 years he held that record um but he also held the american indoor record for 24 years Uh, so he was just 347 outdoors 351 indoors were his uh were his best times Um, he was so consistent you you before a race would start you would know within a second or two what steve scott was going to run you just knew it Mm because he was just like timex he was automatic um 
But he came through a time when the miling, the miler world was just replete with all these great milers. You had Seb Coe and Steve Ovette and Steve Cram, John Walker. You had Eamon Coglin. You had all these guys who were just unbelievable milers. We, you could maybe name maybe a couple of milers these days, 1,500-meter runners now. But back then, the mile was it. You know, we've talked about this before, but you're saying that he held um, the outdoor record for 26 years. So he ran 347 mm -hmm. in, in the early 80s, and then somebody broke it in the early 2000s, mid-2000s. That, that's one of those distinct things that we talked about. I wonder if... What well, what was the difference in the variables outside the runner from then to now? The track surface, the shoes, all those things, and mm -hmm. it, it's it it's less stark when you see records broken fifteen times over twenty six years. But from twenty six year from nineteen eighty two to two thousand eight, I guess so much has changed outside of the runner. Yeah, that that would make that possible. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it really makes what he did back in 1982 even more impressive than, I, I'm not taking anything away from the record broken in 2008. I mean, sure. that's not what I'm doing. Alan Webb's a great runner. Exactly. <laughs> but I, I would like to know, I would like to see the track he ran on and the shoes he was running in and, and just the everything around. I mean, nowadays... Nowadays, you look in the Olympics, and they even have a, a pace. What is yeah. that thing they have? Yeah, that pace light. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he didn't have that back no, then. Oh, gosh, I, no. Do you know what the track surface was back then? Yeah, I mean, back then they had, this was before Mondo, but it was, uh, I think it was called Chevron 440 back then. It was yeah. a good surface. Yeah. It was a good surface. It wasn't a, you know, it wasn't like an asphalt track or sure. a dirt track or anything like that. I mean, he had some pretty good equipment. Yeah. Um, but certainly, you're absolutely right. I mean, there's just so much better tracks now. We we know that. We yeah. know that the tracks have contributed to faster times. And it's, you know, what? Ultimately, the question is, what could Steve Scott have run today if he was around today? Yeah, that's yeah. kind of my point. Yeah. yeah. So and, that's pretty cool. <clears throat> yeah, but good guy. Uh, just, a, just a great guy as well. Um, and just <clears throat> Nick Willis is, I think he is the one that has the second most sub-four-minute miles. But Nick Willis did something Steve Scott didn't do. Nick Willis this past year ran a sub-four-minute mile for the 19th year in a row. Hmm. which is the record for a number of years in a row. Steve Scott did it 17 years in a row. Wow. So Nick Willis is still on the streak. He still has – I don't know if he, I don't know if that was 21 or 20. He's on the streak, though. He still has a, the opportunity to extend that streak to 20 years, which is just just crazy to think about. So, um, But he also helped invent something else, and this was an interesting sport, and the sport was called speed golf. Have you ever heard of it? I've played it, but not 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 because of the. I used to work at a golf course in high school, and we actually played two types of golf that you would be proud of. We played speed golf, yeah. Well, we would aggregate the time and the score. This is when it would be like a rain day and nobody was there, and all the yeah. employees would go out. But we also played cross country golf. Yeah, we would tee off on number one, going to number one tee box going to 10 green 11 tee box going to one green and you can imagine it <laughs> yeah. was 
I mean, our scores were like 300. <laughs> yeah. You know, but yeah, I mean, I played that, but I didn't know it was actually a thing yeah. at one time. Yeah, it was. It was pretty, pretty interesting. And the, he held the world record at, at one point in time for best score. And um, you, you would take the number, the amount of time it takes to play, and you would add up the number of strokes, and you would add up your score, like the number of minutes. Um, and I think I read where he played a full round of golf in like 35 minutes. 18 holes. And shot 78. That's hard to believe. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Because you can't carry a whole bag of clubs. Well, he doesn't carry a bag. They carry like two clubs. They okay. Don't, they don't have all the clubs. So like a... I don't even know what they carry. Seven iron and a putter or something. Yeah, probably it, something like that. Using your putter as a driver. But the idea that he scored a 78 without a full set of clubs is pretty impressive. Yeah, I was, so, a, I was a pretty at, good golfer back in the day. And I and the 35-minute time, I'm not positive about that. I don't, I'm not sure exactly how long it was. Um, but I do remember that. That's very hard to believe. I do remember the 78. Uh, I'm, I'm 100% certain the 78 is right. But the 35 seven, minutes is a average guess. golf 18 holes is 7,000 yards. Well, it is today. Okay. You know, well, and even then, I mean. Yeah, now I don't know say, what tees they played 000, from. 5, I mean, yeah, it could have been a, a 5,500. I would say course. it would be more than a 5K. Yeah. I think. Yeah. At least, at minimum. Yeah, yeah. And that's, so that sounds reasonable <laughs> if it's a 5K, right? No? <laughs> you, got, you got all that hit. You got you 78 you got, strokes. You yeah, but he's get. a 13 and a half minute 5K Well, runner. that's true. <laughs> so... <laughs> Well, there's that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, it looks like the sport is now pretty much defunct. People don't do it anymore. People probably do it for fun, like in the circumstances you're talking about. But I'll bet you it was really hard to get golf course. I bet that's why the sport went away. Because what golf course wants to let people go out on their golf course and do that, right? They could, <laughs> they could get a lot more people through if they did that. <laughs> that's true. Of course, I'm sure you destroy the greens when you're running up and surely twisting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know, yeah. just the I just think about the etiquette on a golf course. You know, where people are trying to be proper. And, yeah, but, this is more the Happy Gilmore approach. It, right. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. That's that's some fun. Some fun. Love these trivia questions. Yeah. All right, so we've we've been talking about something. We've been banging the drum for several weeks now on coaching the marathon challenge challenge. You know, if you're out there and you've you've been part of the marathon challenge this year or you've been kind of watching from a distance, we want you to get involved January of next year. But we've got something new now. You know, I'm Dean, I'm blown away. I wasn't on the podcast last week. I you know, wasn't feeling that good. Lane filled in, but I wanted to talk about <clears throat> the response we've gotten to adding a walkers division starting this January. I'm blown away yeah. with the response and the I guess you got the email yeah. last night from from Val. Um I'm just blown away at how many people we we kind of thought that. Yeah. Just based on the you know the comments we've gotten through the years. Um I think it's going to be a game changer, and yeah. I think it's going to be really cool. So many people are excited for us to take these two groups of people and put them together. Because, like I said, I think I sent an email out. I said, what is really the difference between a walker and a runner? A runner, two feet come off the ground. And a walker, one foot's always on the ground. That's the only difference yeah. when you really get down to it. Yeah. And uh, so people are excited. We've had We've had people come back that we haven't heard from. In several years, you know, Mary Lou out in Las yeah, Vegas yeah. sent us a message and, and said, you know, I, I, I really tried the running thing. I just, you know, couldn't make it happen. But I'm so excited to hear 
that y'all are doing this and it's so it's reinvigorated some yeah. it's some have joined because of it i saw a message last night that a lady joined simply because we're adding a walkers division now so we're going to join these two worlds of walkers and runners but with that said we still need coaches facilitators instructors whatever you want to call it yeah. we're, we've made it easy you know you're go, you're going to play a video once a week for a group of people in your community um, and then you're going to go out and do your workouts together or separate. You're going to watch the video. You're going to talk about it. We're going to give you plenty of content to, to talk about. Um, you don't have to do as much teaching as you have in the past. If you want to, that's still great. Or you can pop a video in and say, what'd you think when the video's over? When you say, what'd you think to a group of 10 people, you're going to get a lot of Somebody's gonna there, there's going to be a 30 minute conversation yeah. after it may be about how bad you and I did on the video, right. but there's going to be conversation. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but we're excited. So what do we need you to do? If you're, if you're not a member of run club, number one, join run club, go to the coaching tab and learn about what you can do to become a coach. It's really simple. You can literally stake your flag in your community on an interactive map that we have and uh, be ready to get started this January. It's going to be incredible. Our goal is 10,000 people. You and I can't do that by ourselves. No, we can't. But with people dotted all over this country, all over the world, who say, yeah, I'll do this. I'll, I'll find 10, 15, 20 people in my community. We can make that happen pretty easily. Let me encourage a couple of things uh, from an email that I just recently got. First of all, if you are going to start a class, do make sure you get on there and you put that pin in in, right. in your town. That right? way we know where you're at and who you are so we can correspond with you. And so that other people can find you. Because what happened was, in this case, was I had a lady who, who emailed me and said that her church was not going to allow them to do the class in the church. Mm-hmm. Now, every once in a while we get that, and, and it's sad, and it's... I, I don't understand it, but but it's it's church. Yeah. You know, the church has to, has to do things the we way We don't know they, the reasons. Yeah, yeah, it, but... Let me say this. If you're in a church and you went to the leadership of the church, you said, I want to do this Run for God group. And they said, well, you know, let's let's do that next year. We don't really have space for it this year. There's other places we can we can have a group, right? You don't have to have a church to have a group. Now, you can a lot of times the churches will allow you to advertise it at the church Mm -hmm. and have it at the YMCA Mm -hmm. at a uh, at somebody's home. If it's a group of friends, do it at your home. Yeah. Yeah, it could be anywhere. So, um, so don't, don't limit yourself to thinking that <clears throat> the only way you can do it is in the church. Really, all you need is a TV or a computer access to the internet. That's it. And you watch the video, and then you sit around, and you, you have a conversation, you go work out. It really is that simple. It is. Some coaches are much more elaborate than that, and that is really cool yep. to see that. We're talking to you, Darren Lewis. Yeah. I mean, they <laughs> do a great job of – but it can be as simple as – all right, let's me and six of my friends let's let's gather around this computer at the local park, and let's let's watch the video, let's talk about it, let's pray about it, and let's go run. Yeah, it really is that simple. We don't 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 think you've got to complicate it. That's right, because you don't. That's right. You get up early before the kids for your morning workout. It's a good morning. Wake up to a brand new day. Spend some time studying or reading your devotion. And pick up the kids each afternoon. Whatever the moment. 
Radio has you covered. Get your account at jradio.com and download the app in your app store. J Radio, music for every moment. Okay, we are back, and we want to hear your story. We've talked about this a number of times. We're going to keep beating this drum that we want to hear your story. We have heard from some of you, but there are still, there's so many of you out there who have great stories, and you're not sharing them with us, and I don't understand that. So go to runforgod.com and share your story with us so that we can share it right here, right? Yeah. There are people out there who are going through the same circumstances you were who need to hear about how you overcame those circumstances, and they can't hear that if you don't write it. Yeah, so, absolutely. So get busy on Somebody it. needs to hear your story. That's right. That's right. Well, are you worried about being faster? Mm-hmm. You know, that's, not so much nowadays. Yeah, not so much. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not necessarily bad. Mm-hmm. It's not bad to want to be faster. It's not bad to not care if you're faster, sure. right? Neither one. But sometimes God has other plans. And in this case, we have a story from Natalie Tillett from Wiley, Texas. That is, it's called Running Towards Intention, and it kind of talks about that. I had been a loyal smoker for 12-plus years, only quitting while I was pregnant and or nursing one of my three children. Smoking was my best friend, stress reliever, and number one go-to helper. I loved it, period. You see, I had believed in Jesus since I was little and knew of his love, but wasn't very good at the personal relationship part or surrendering surrendering my life to his will. It was more like a general belief instead of a way to live my life. Like most, I always tried to fix things myself, me and my best friend the cancer stick. Oh, how a tiny little piece of rolled up plant can ruin every aspect of your being. Honestly, it completely takes over your life. You can't go anywhere, do anything, or let anything happen at all unless your pack of cigarettes is with you. How exhausting. Now that I've quit, I can fully realize how exhausting it was. Do you know how tiring it is to hide a stinky habit that you fear would make people look down upon you? Plus, I was constantly searching for something that always seemed to be missing. What? I wasn't sure of. But I always felt a void. I felt like I was a good person, consistently trying to do the right thing and always trying to help others, etc. So why didn't I feel good about my life or myself? Well, I know now that it was because I was looking to smoking to calm my nerves, to rescue my stress, to fix my bad day or hour or minute. When all I really needed to do was to look to Jesus as my healer and stress reliever and friend to ask for help from the one who could handle anything. He had tugged on my heart long enough and I finally decided to quit. I began every single day before my feet even hit the floor praying, God, please take this habit from me. Take away every urge to smoke. Please take it from my mind before I even try to think about it. Every day, every four hours, sometimes every two, and only through Christ have I quit for good. You know the saying, Jesus loves you right where you are. He just loves you too much to leave you there? Well, that's where the running thing comes in. 
being lifted of such a weight of addiction eventually was amazing. I had a, I had energy, a newfound clarity of my thoughts that I didn't even realize was fogged by the smoke. The more I leaned on him, the more I began to feel like I needed to show God how thankful I was that he rescued me from my own self-destruction. I had so clearly abused the body that he gave me, and I knew I needed to show, my, show him my gratitude. So I laced up my shoes, uploaded a 5K app, and started training. I figured if I could quit smoking with him, I could run three miles with him too. Now let me just say, quitting smoking was hard. But running with consistency and perseverance is too. I used my training as a time to worship. I focused my mind on rebuilding what I had torn down with selfishness and active response of his grace given to me. And he met me right there in the midst of it all. So faithful, so true, pouring out his promise to never leave. Humbling to say the least. I'm sure I looked like a fool to some. You should have seen me the day my legs hurt more than my lungs. I was running down the street with tears in my eyes and my hands raised like Rocky. Oh, what a day. A simple victory as a gift to keep me going. Fourteen weeks after I began, I ran my first 5K. Words can't describe my emotions that day. But as we all know, life gets busy and being a wife and a mother, it's way too easy to put my needs and wants off until everyone else is taken care of. So there went my training into the waiting bin. Fast forward five months, and there my running sits, still in the waiting bin. Thanks to some devoted friends, I eventually decided to join our church's Run for God group. I am now running consistently and love that I have a group of people to run who run after God's heart right alongside me. What God has shown me through running is that it's very similar to my everyday walk with Him. I started running to worship and show appreciation. The business of life kept getting in the way because the enemy wants to distract me and knock me down in my quest for the finish line. Unless I stay focused, I'm sure to fail. The enemy will make sure of that. When I'm running, I have to keep my focus on Christ to relieve my stress, to comfort my pains, to be with me to the end. The same is true with my daily relationship with Jesus. I have to intentionally and earnestly seek his face and ask for his guidance in order to be successful in what he has planned for me in life. I also have to be willing to step into the unknown, however painful it may be, with faith, to put action to my words of praise. Each day that I choose not to seek him is one more day I miss out on something great, some kind of step forward towards the finish line. Most often, The greatest rewards in life come out of the most painful experiences we have. Who am I to wince at that, at that, knowing what Jesus endured for us? Instead, I choose to step towards the resistance, hoping to learn something new with each new experience. That's pretty good. She shared a poem as well in this, but I'm going to save that for the end of this podcast. All right. So we'll, we'll, we'll listen to her her uh, poem, but for some who have never smoked and me being one of those, I never mm-hmm. smoked. Um, it, it's hard to understand the smoking thing, mm-hmm. but now you understand the smoking thing. I do. Yeah. And I, 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 I started smoking when I was, gosh, 17 years old and, uh, I quit 
the month before the first Run for God class. And I, I could just so relate. And, and this, we're talking about smoking here, but this can go for many things in our life that, that you can relate to. Yeah. You know, things that get a hold of our life, and, mm-hmm. and it's like we can't function without them. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I remember, I, I know what she's talking about. I remember I wouldn't go to bed if if I had smoked my last cigarette before going to bed. I wouldn't go to bed without going to buy another pack. Yeah. And it's it it was like a security, something you're dependent on, which is which is not good. You know, people ask you know people ask the question: Is smoking a sin? Well, I, I don't I don't really think the act of smoking a cigarette is necessarily a sin, but it's what it does to you right. that can lead to sin. I became dependent on something that that wasn't Christ, right? Um, and and it kind of be, began to control my life. And uh, yeah, I'll never forget for for a couple years before I actually quit. I tried all the things. I tried the pill, the patch, the gum, cold turkey. I tried all of it. But what I realized looking back now is I really didn't want to because I I liked smoking. But my head knowledge was saying I needed to quit, so I was I was looking for something to do it for me. And until you really get to the point where you say, okay, I'm done, you, you can't break anything like that. And I'll never forget, and I'm being pretty transparent here. I've been doing that a lot lately. But I'll never forget, I was preparing for that first run for God. I was that crazy person that I started running before I quit smoking. Yeah. I did it backwards of what most people do. I mean, honestly, to this day, my fastest marathon ever that I've ever run, I, I smoked a cigarette right after it. <laughs> now, that's going to sound crazy, but it, it's true. And I'm not, saying that's a, I'm not saying that in any way other than to say that that's where I was. Right. And I'll never forget, I was preparing for the first Run for God class. And God really just convicted my heart. Yeah. And said, you can't be doing this and teaching a run for God class. Because at that point, I am I am stepping into sin where I don't know what stumbling block that could cause for people that would know. Right. And so I'll never forget, I laid down a half-smoked pack and never touched him again. Wow. And it's because I leaned on God at that point. I didn't lean on a patch, a, a peel, yeah. chewing gum. I didn't. Le- I didn't lean on all that. I, it, it was leaning on God, saying, "This is what you need to do." And, and thank God, I, I listened. And uh, yeah, I could just totally relate to her. Yeah, and and if there's people out there right now who have that thing that controls them, they're listening to this, and 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 you you just hit on the key. When she said that everybody around her could see it. Yeah. And you know what really hit me when I read that is I think we all have something. Yeah. And we all have something that I'm about to name and everybody around us doesn't see it because they have the same problem. And we've talked about this before, but it's our cell phones. Yeah. It is our cell phones that thing now and the reason we're not the reason everybody around us is not seeing it is because everybody around us has it you know i'm I'm convicted a lot about my phone yeah um and i i got tickled that there's a guy building a fence for us right now on a a project that we're working on 
And I thought this was so, he was so mad yesterday morning, but I thought it was so awesome. He was late getting to the job because he had to go to the cell phone store because his phone was turned off because it was too old. Oh, wow. They, it was like 2G or whatever that means. Yeah. And they had been warning him, you need to get a new phone because it's about to be completely <laughs> antiquated out of date. And they shut his phone off because it was too old and he had to go get a new phone. I, and I just thought, he, yeah, maybe he's on to something. The phone isn't, it's just a tool for him instead of, yeah. we, we all feel like, I, I'm in the same boat. I, I do this exact thing. So I'm not, you know, we see that new iPhone 13, which I don't have. I'll put that out there, but we're like, but I'll be honest, I'm like, but you want one. That's a pretty cool phone. Yeah, you like it that does, one. It takes a 28 meg picture or whatever, you know, <laughs> like we need any better pictures right, on right. our phones. But, <clears throat> we, yeah, I mean, I think we've all got that. We had something just yesterday. I was talking with, with somebody in our administration at the athletic building at Dalton State College, and they had just had the first basketball game of the year the night before. Mm. And – there were people that were angry, really angry, and here's why. <clears throat> the new software they're using for tickets, what it does is it, it puts a ticket on your phone. Mm -hmm. Either that or when you print the tickets out, it prints out an entire sheet for each game. And so one, one of the guys was like, y you people owe me for all the paper I had to print out for all these tickets it's like well you could use your phone but then on the flip side of that you're thinking well there's somebody who's not relying on their right. phone right which is many, awesome i think yeah but so many of us would go oh that's cool i can put the ticket on my phone and this yeah. is this is awesome and and it is it is pretty cool and you do you save paper you don't you know there, it's there's an efficiency to it right and that's how we that's how but we to what end that's what how we justify everything sure. right there's an efficiency to me having my phone and all the things i can do with my phone yeah. look i've got notes on my phone where you know i made notes of something that i will remember later that i wouldn't have remembered had i not had my phone with me yeah well yeah, we, we do it and, and yeah. but where, where's the line you know yeah we're, we're kind of diving off into yeah we are no man's land here <laughs> but to i to the point is we all have that thing that we can we need to, we need to pay more attention to. Sure, sure. You know, for sure. That's all I'm saying. Yep. Scripture Hebrews twelve one through three. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I can't believe I have to read that hmm. as many times as we've gone through this. But I'm not a good, you know me, I'm not a good memorizer anyway. But uh, but you know what hit me about this verse? Uh, it's funny, we talked about this before, how, mm -hmm. how you read a verse a different time. What really stuck out to me this morning when I was reading this, and, and we actually have the same verse in our challenge episode that we're going to be doing later today, is the word wait. It, it doesn't say, let us lay aside every sin which so easily ensnares us. The writer of Hebrews said, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Those are not mutually exclusive. Mm 
Uh, so what is weight? Weight it's can those be a, cigarettes. Weight can be a lot of things that aren't in and of themselves fall into the sin category. Mm -hmm. Cigarettes, we just talked about. Now, some may argue that smoking a cigarette is a sin, and we're not going to debate that on here. Yeah. But let's... Running. Right. Running is for sure not a sin, but it can fall into that sin category if you let it consume your life, which is where this ministry started. Being in debt. Being in debt Could, can consume your life. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, there's so many things that are fall into that weight category, and, and what he's saying here is understand what your weights are mm -hmm. because they can turn into church. As weird as that may sound, you may be really active and really involved in your church. That can become a weight in your life, and that may sound strange, but you can, you can become so involved in the things of your church that you miss what the church is there for. Yeah. You, you, you want to be on every committee and help with, volunteer with everything, and, and that can become a weight. And that's, I think that's where the writer of Hebrews is warning us. You know, yeah. It's not just sin. Yeah. It's, it's the weights. It's the things that, that weigh you down and, and pull your attention away from the gospel. Yeah, that's a great, great insight. I'd never thought about that before. One of the other things that I was looking at here was that this, this of course, this is talking about examples in the mm -hmm. Bible, right? That we have these examples to yeah. look around at, and we've talked about that before, and we should be emulating those examples. You know, it works that way with running, too. Mm -hmm. You know, very often people... Uh, tell us about how they ran, they did the 5K challenge and it inspired somebody else to do the 5K challenge. Mm -hmm. Your first class, 24 people, and the second class, 200 people. They were all watching. Mm -hmm. There there are examples out there that let us know that we can do things, mm -hmm. right? Just like these, these heroes of the faith mm -hmm. showed us that we can do things. And the scripture, more, more broadly... The Bible is full of people of all ages, all abilities, all different backgrounds, normal people, mm -hmm. noble people, even prostitutes in the mm -hmm. Bible who God is using to do great things. And all of those are great examples for us. Yeah. And all of those weights that, we, that you were talking about and the sins that we have, they don't have to hold us back. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I, it's, that's a great scripture, but that's a great yeah, insight that's, that's, too. Romans three or five, three through five. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Hmm. That kind of builds on that last idea. Um, you know, not only should we look back at, at people who have been faithful, um, we should see how they overcame things. We should know that they, they came up against these obstacles and that we can do that too. We mm -hmm. can overcome these things that are in our way, whether that's the smoking that she's talking, Natalie's talking about in this story or whatever else that you have, anger issues. Um, I just brought up debt, debt issues, th mm -hmm. things that, that we can do something with. And that's how, it, when in the end, we talked about Todd's story. In the end, Todd is saying, I, ha I have to give God the glory. Mm -hmm. And that's what's so awesome about overcoming these things is in the end, the glory and tribulation that it talks about in this verse, that's what it is. Well, and that's, that's why I really love Todd's story. Again, 
if be looking for something mid late November because you've got to watch that. But <laughs> excuse me, a few weeks ago we we walked that half marathon, mm-hmm. and then like two days later I, I I ran with my brother. I I was planning to walk, but my brother's a runner, and you know you got those brotherly rivals, and we were on vacation together, so I had to run with him. And after that, I was I was sore. I was really sore from that 13-mile walk and then that, that six-mile run that I did with my brother. And I remember sitting uh, at a cabin that night. We were, we were in Pigeon Forge, and I was so sore. And it, it was that run and that walk was, was a tribulation in, in the endurance world. It was, it was yeah. putting stress on ourselves. And I, you've heard me say this before. I, I love that. Yeah. I love that yeah. being sore and you just know you did something and – but I've I've so many times talked about how we can't we can't connect that over to our faith for some reason. But Todd did, yeah. And that's why I think Todd's story is so incredible because not that he was just happy, you know, but he basked in the glory of it. Yeah. I'm not saying he's happy about it. Right. I'm not happy about being sore, but it lets me know something. It lets me know that I did something physically, and. When when we when we go through those tough times, we know God's word says that it's gonna produce these things. It's gonna produce perseverance and character and hope. Well, if we believe that like we say we do, then we should sit back in the cabin and be glad that we were persecuted by that guy that come up and and said something to us because of the t shirt we're wearing, or yeah. or we were ridiculed for whatever we should. We should look at that the same way, knowing that that's making us stronger. But yeah. so many times we can't connect those dots. But that's why I love Todd's story because he did. But in the he midst, has. in the midst of it, when you take these two, both of these scriptures, and you put them together, you look back at Moses, for example, and you realize mm-hmm. in the moment mm-hmm. while he was going through the tribu- that that tribulation, he didn't like it. Right? right? It wasn't that he was he was embracing his role in what he was doing. He was doing what God told him to do, but it wasn't like he was going, man, I sure am glad, <laughs> glad that God has me having to face Pharaoh 10 times. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, that's, exactly. you know, that's not the case. Just like in our tribulations and the things that we go through, we're not supposed to face them and go, man, I'm so glad that I, I've got this thing staring me in the face. But in the end, by following God's plan, we know who Moses is today. And he did something unbelievable, and God used him in an unbelievable way. And he'll do the same for us. He did the same for Todd, right? He he did the same for just for everybody. And I'm not going to say just about everybody. He did the same for everybody, for everybody you read about in Scripture. That's right. He if if they were obedient to him, we know we know the ends of all those stories. That's right. That's right. Good point. Way to up me on that one. Good Lord. (laughs) (laughs) How about some questions here? Is there something in your life that you are holding back from allowing God to control? I I mean, right off the bat, when I read this, I said pride because it's still fresh in my mind. I I think that's what led to the podcast a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I had had been walking, and there was this pride that I'm a runner, and— God worked that out, yeah. and He's there again. If if we if we turn it over to Him, anything whether it's pride or it's cigarettes or whatever it is, 
if you fully and wholeheartedly turn those things over to God, he'll work them out. It may not be in your time, yeah, but he'll for sure work them out. So I think, yeah, I think pride has but, always been one that God has really worked on me. Yeah, the hard thing with this one for me is we've all heard the joke about the guy who's in the flood and, you know, mm -hmm. he's... He sends a truck and then he sends a boat and then he sends a helicopter and the guy says, God's going to, God's going to rescue me. And, you know, in the end he, the guy dies, he goes to heaven and it's like, what happened? And he's, the guy's like, I thought you were going to save me, God. And he said, well, I sent you a truck, a boat and a helicopter. What more did you want? Right. You know, it's hard to figure out where, where is our doing part? Where is the part that we have to do versus where is the part where God picks up? You know what I mean? And I think that's where we all struggle with what is it that God is telling me to do? And, of course, all this goes back to how close are we to God and how, how well are we listening and, and, and hearing his voice. But I think that's where we all struggle from. Um, we're not going to drive down the road and get out from behind the wheel of the car because God's got it, right? right. we got to drive to wherever we're going. But... Um, we have to follow God's direction for where we're going. Yeah. And so where where is that line? We have to do yeah. the will of God, not yeah. think about the will of God. I mean, yeah. doing the will of God is a, is a verb. It's an action. It's yeah. we have to do God. God didn't transport telepathically Abraham to the promised land. He said, go but, and start walking. And Abraham started walking, not knowing where he was going and, that was, God doesn't call us to just think. He calls us to do things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the clear thing, implication for that is God could have placed Abraham right exactly. in the promised land. Right. But he did not. Right. Yeah. Another question. Do you actively seek his plan for your daily life? If so, how? If not, how can you start? <laughs> I think it's interesting that you can ask this question in two ways. Mm -hmm. Do you seek his plan for your daily life or do you seek his plan daily for your life? You see the difference between those things? Yeah. There's a, we talk about this in business, right? There's long-term and short-term planning. Mm -hmm. God has his eyes on both, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. God has his eyes on what I'm doing today, but he also has eyes on where am I headed for the future? With Abraham, God provided the things that Abraham needed on that journey, but he gave him, he said, go, go in this direction, yeah. and I'm going to lead you day by day. So he had the long-term plan of his plan for his life, but then he also had a daily plan for his life. And I think that's, I don't know, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I mean, one feels like a, a once-in-a-while thing. And yeah. one, one is a daily dependence, which we're we're called to do both. I mean, yeah. we're we we need to be in prayer, in word every day, seeking daily guidance. Because you know, we we always talk about the streetlights. Um, you know, sometimes God will light up the next three, and sometimes He's going to light up the one for tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And we've got to be okay with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God could give us a month's worth of direction in five minutes if He wanted to. Mm -hmm. Um, and many times that will scare us off. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. 
but I do, you know, he obviously wants us to talk with him daily. So yeah. what, whether that's receiving direction or just being thankful, mm-hmm. sometimes that's, that's all we need yeah. is to be thankful. Um, yeah. And I know you always like to compare God's direction to a parent's direction. Yeah. And if, if we're going, if we're going to figure out what God's will is for us, that's kind of how we have to look at him, right? Mm-hmm. He is our father and we have to look at him like he is a physical father, right? That, yeah. Who is steering us in the right directions. So, yeah. Um, yeah. She asked this question, how can you start to do this? And, and here's the thing that we've talked about on here a number of times. It has to be intentional. Mm-hmm. You, you have to intentionally do that. I love YouTube. Um, obviously, people can watch this on YouTube, so mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons. Right. But another reason is I remember having problems with a lawnmower one time, and I could not. I had another. I had a friend of mine who was way better at small engines than I was looking at this lawnmower. We couldn't figure it out. We spent hours trying to figure out what was wrong with this lawnmower. It, we just couldn't figure it out. So finally... <laughs> Why I didn't do this earlier? Well, I'll do it. I do it a lot quicker these days after that incident. I went to YouTube, five minutes, found a video, cost me less than a dollar to fix it, and it was done. And it's like, if we're plugged into God, God is our YouTube video, right? God will fix those things like that, just like he did for you with the, with the cigarettes. But we get caught in the trap of, I can do this myself. That's right. I yep. can do this. Which is I a, know how to fix engines, God. Yep. You know, yeah, I've been there. Yep, got to go to the source of knowledge. Um, in some cases, it's YouTube, but in life cases, it's God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just like with running, consistency and perseverance is key to being successful at developing a growing relationship with Jesus. How are you doing in both areas? How can one help the other? You know, consistency and perseverance. I I love this. I believe. I, I believe this is the biggest secret to becoming great at anything. Anything. You know, we talk about, we've talked about before, <clears throat> co- coaching is, is important. Training plans are important. Periodization and training is important. But nothing, and it's not even close, Dean, and I think you'll agree with this. Mm-hmm. Nothing is as important as consistency. Amen. If, if, if you take somebody that has the greatest training plan in all the world and it's got all the right periodization, it's got all I mean, it's got all the pieces to it, that person is never gonna be as fast if they don't do it consistently as the person who just goes out and runs two or three miles every day. That's right. It's it's not gonna happen. Yep. And so that's where so many times we get caught up in the weeds and the details of whatever it is. We're talking about running here, but it could be it could be how to have a closer walk with Christ. Yeah. Well, I need to do this Bible study. And if I do this Bible study, it's going to make me a better Christian. And all that may be true. But if you're not talking to God every day, it don't matter what Bible study you're doing. Yeah. If you're not having that consistent, edifying relationship daily with Christ, you're going to suffer. It's amazing what a few minutes at a time can do. I remember one time there was a book. It was a classic book that I always wanted to read, but I just didn't want to really take the time to read it. And so here's what I decided to do. I downloaded the book on my phone, and I, this is TMI, but I would read it in the bathroom. <laughs> and in a few weeks, I read that book, the whole stinking book. Yeah. I read at just a few minutes at a time. And 
I now and it was fascinating. It was a great book. I won't say what it was, but it was a great book, and it was. It was it was a few minutes of time that I didn't even I didn't even spend any time doing it. Right. And that's how important a few minutes at a time can be. Yeah. Right. It's just it's and there's so many again, so many applications in everything that you do. You're in the building industry, obviously. Right. If if you don't take everything step by step and do the little things first. If you don't prepare the ground right, what's going to happen to the structure? Mm, it's going to fall down. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that's, yeah, I that's, think that's, that's a so good important. perspective. Absolutely. While you're working hard to keep your body in shape physically, the music you listen to while you run can help keep you in shape spiritually. We've partnered with J Radio to put together a group of running playlists by Dean, Lane, Holly, myself, and others that you hear here on the Run For God podcast. Plus, you can listen to a playlist put together by members of Run Club just like you. Check out the whole station of Run For God playlist at jradio.com and in the J Radio app. All right, so we're back. I beat you to the punch again. Yeah, you I did. Did. <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> we've had some requests for something, and I'm, I'm proud to say that as, as of right now, it's out. But the the marathon gear, if you're watching the video, I've, I'm wearing the marathon uh, challenge hoodie. Nice. We have a lot of great comments about these hoodies. Uh, this time of year is about when I, I ask Holly and Gay, get me one of every color. Because... This is all I wear in the wintertime. You are a hoodie guy. I love these hoodies. They're soft. They fit right. Um, they hold up good because I literally wear one every day from about November 1 through <laughs> April. Um, but they're, we've, we've got the Couched Marathon gear back in stock, and it's, it's in stock until um, November the 14th. The reason we we put these on for a limited time, we put them up for sale for three weeks and then we print them all. So everything is is freshly printed when you get it. Uh, it's not old inventory, and um, so you got from now until November the fourteenth. That's about two more weeks from today. Um, go online, get yours. You can get the combo pack with the t-shirt, the hoodie, and the hat, or you can get it all separate. But everybody loves this this gear, so we've put it back up for sale again. So. Uh, Go in there and check it out and get yours. I guess I did to get some. Yeah, you're my you, goodness. You missed the. You missed the. Well, two weeks ago, I was talking about these cool jackets that are coming out, and I found out that you and Lane have had one for like a year. So, well, I guess that so, makes sense then. Yeah, so <laughs> payback now. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right. Well, no, no marathon majors this past week. No. You know, we had all that excitement with all those marathon majors. Uh, but have you seen what Shalane Flanagan is doing? I I just recently heard about that. Yeah, isn't that exciting? Yeah. I, I think that's so awesome. And I watched a workout. I can't even remember now who who I was watching. I was watching some, a workout. I know you got to be a running geek to watch people do workouts on you and Lane. YouTube. But I was watching somebody do a workout, and Shalane was running with them. So I think it was uh, Gwen Jorgensen. Probably their buddies, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, and Shalane would just jump in. She was doing, like, mile repeats, and Shalane would just jump in and run a couple of, you know, 455 miles yeah. just for fun. Yeah. And we're, we're seeing clearly that she's still in really, really good shape, yeah. right? Because uh, she has run four – 
uh, to, to this date. She has run four of the marathon majors. She's run Berlin in 238, London in 235, Chicago in 247, and Boston the next day after Chicago in 240. That's insane. It's ridiculous. She, her, and she's retired. Yeah. This is a retired this, yeah, she's Yeah, she's just doing this all for fun. For fun. Yeah. 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 So she still has Tokyo and New York City. Um, her goal was to be under three hours for each of these marathons, but it sure looks like she's going to be under 250 for all of these marathons, which is just down. Are Tokyo impressive. and New York City harder, or are they about the same? New York yeah. City's tough. Yeah. New York City's a tough marathon uh, and not a very fast course. Tokyo's pretty fast, okay. so she won't have any problem at Tokyo. New York City, but you know, New York City is New York City. You got so many people there. Yeah. She's won New York City in the past, yeah. and so she's a kind of a celebrity there. She's going to be just a few years ago, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's going to be buoyed by all of that excitement of being there. So she's not going to have any problem with New York City, I don't think, just because of that. So I just can't imagine running a marathon one day and then coming back the next day. To run another one, and then run and Boston at that. Boston's a tough marathon. Yeah, you know it's not a slow course per se, but it's it's a tough course. It's yeah. really really tough on your body, and then to run it seven minutes faster. Yeah, <laughs> and and she that was that seven minutes faster was eight minutes faster than I've ever run Boston. Yeah, so uh, she really made me look bad. <laughs> Her, you know, I go out and I'm concerned. that the day before, I'm putting my legs up and trying to. Be as, as ready as I can for the race. She's running a marathon. Yeah. And then, and then dusting me. <laughs> I think it's cool to see a, a former, you know, kind of maybe not so former, pro athlete doing something like this. Yeah. It's, it's like, uh, remember Ryan Hall when he ran the seven, he ran seven continents, marathon on seven, seven continents days. in seven days. And to hear him talk about that. Yeah. That was, that was pretty rough on him. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because he didn't train for it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, Dean Carnazes did the 50 states in 50 days, and yeah. to hear him talk about that, that was pretty, yeah. well, you can imagine, 50 days. Yeah, that would be, that would be tough. Yeah. But have you, heard, have you heard what Ryan's training for right now? What's he trying? He's, I, I'm going to say it like I thought it was, and I was corrected by Lane. He's planning to do a 500-pound deadlift. You know, Ryan is bulked up. He's yeah. a, basically a bodybuilder at this point. He's planning to do a 500-pound deadlift. And go straight into a five minute sub five minute mile. But I was corrected by Lane into what he's actually doing. It's he's doing a five hundred pound deadlift and a mile in under five minutes. Holy smokes. So a five hundred pound deadlift, it's not something you can just pick up and drop down in two seconds. It's it's gonna take several seconds because five hundred pounds is a lot of weight. Even for Ryan Hall, as big as he is, that's that's pushing the max of what he's able to deadlift. So it, it takes a little while to get that up and down and then take off for a sub or take off for a mile and do it all in under five minutes. Wow. That's going to be pretty interesting to, to watch. And I think he's getting pretty close. He hasn't set a date that he's doing it. I think he's kind of seeing where he's at and his, but he's doing, he's been doing a lot of crazy things like doing the farmer's carries. Have you seen that? No. The big, uh, I think they're, Eight gallon water jugs that are like eight gallons, so like forty pounds in each hand, and he's carrying them up like mountains <laughs> and stuff. I actually did this, not trying to do it. I, I some property we have. I carried a a bag of grass seed in one hand, and I don't remember what it was in the other hand. And I had to walk like a quarter of a mile. That's hard to do. Yes. Yes. Carrying something heavy in each hand, and yeah. he's 
he's doing mountains and all kind of stuff. So that'll be interesting to watch. I think it has been done before. Lane's told me it's been done before. Oh, really? Yeah. See, that surprises me that it's been done before. Yeah, I forget who Lane said it was. Um, Probably one of those CrossFit guys. One of those. Yeah, I think I it bet. was. Yeah. It was yeah. a name that I knew. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, Lane's been following it pretty close. and um, So that would be interesting to watch. 500-pound yeah. deadlift and a mile in under five minutes. Wow. So. Man. Yeah, I love the idea that, that Ryan Hall is not – he's not taking himself too seriously and he's doing these fun things. Yeah. Because, you know, so many people when they're, when they're elite runners at one point in time, you know, they get – I was talking to a friend of mine who was a, a great college athlete um, back he, – he's, he's a year older than me mm-hmm. and he's a college coach now. And I was talking with him a couple of weeks ago and, you know, he's like – he said, I don't know how you can still run like – I can't even get out of bed – without creaking you know and he's talking about how hard it is and but he's not trying either Uh, right because he's you know he's already done that been there done that i guess and doesn't want to try it i think it's cool that guys are willing to still put themselves out there and not not be that elite athlete yeah and uh, i just think that's cool all right it is time for dean's thoughts that's a time when i share something that i've written about the intersection between running and faith so what if you encountered an angry pack of wolves in the wild? What would you do? <clears throat> well, here's what Ulysses S. Grant did and what he learned from it. This is called an angry pack of wolves. Ulysses S. Grant tells a story in his memoir that has great application to our running and spiritual lives. He was traveling across Texas with a man named Benjamin when they heard an unearthly howling of wolves, as he put it. As they moved forward, it was clear that they were moving closer and closer to a large pack of the wild creatures. The high prairie grass prevented them from seeing the beast, but the sound indicated they were close. Grant was concerned about their entire party, horses and people, being devoured. He was not a hunter, but he was certain they were headed towards a dangerous situation. Benjamin, who was a hunter and had experience with wolves, didn't seem deterred at all and kept forging ahead. Grant indicated in his writing that the only reason he didn't turn around was that he lacked the moral courage to even speak up. Feeling less and less confident that Benjamin knew what he was doing, it would not have required any coercion on his part to convince Grant to turn around. Then Benjamin turned to Grant and asked, How many wolves do you think there are? He reasoned that the number must have been lower than, than he would reason, or they would, he would not have, they would not have continued forward. Grant answered, oh, about 20, very indifferently. Benjamin smiled and rode on. As they cleared the grass and saw the pack, there were only two of them. Those two wolves had made all the noise they had heard for the past 10 minutes all by themselves. Grant wrote, I have often thought about this incident. And then he wrote, there are always more of them before they are counted. Hmm. Isn't that the way fear works? Uncertainty always points a much, paints a much more dire picture than the one that is unveiled in the end. Our worry is usually unjustified and overblown. Sometimes we're worrying about things being worse than they are, and sometimes there's just a speaker on the other side of the grass, and wolves are completely non-existent. The moral of the story is that we simply worry too much. The upcoming long run weighs heavy on our mind. 
or we worry about the pain in our knee is going to derail our training for good. We worry so much that it affects other things we do. It gives us anxiety and it doesn't help. We may be right. The long run may be tough and the knee may be a problem, but the higher likelihood is that it won't be as bad as we think. The pack of wolves is almost always smaller than we think. Matthew 6:27 says, "Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature?" Jesus is talking about the wild the wild birds and the wildflowers and how God provides for them even though they don't even have the capacity for worry. They aren't paying any attention to the noise behind the brush. They don't care about the size of the pack of the wool of wolves. Jesus is explaining that worry is not productive because God is going to see that we get what we need. He may not provide all we want, but he will meet our needs. I remember the first time I ran up Heartbreak Hill in the Boston Marathon. I had heard so much about how scary it was that I was worried about it. I distinctly remember getting to the top and thinking, that was Heartbreak Hill? It was not nearly as bad as I had seen it in my mind. And that's the way things go more often than not. What is your pack of wolves? What are you worrying about that you shouldn't? Maybe you're worried about trying to get to the finish line of a race when you have two months of training in front of you first. Or maybe you're worried about the long run this weekend. Let me ask, how is that worry helping you? The truth is that it, it's not. If anything, you're making matters worse because there may be only two wolves when it feels like there are 20. Sure, there are still wolves to worry about, but the situation is far better than you thought it was. That's a great story, Dean. <laughs> Had you ever heard that story? I've never heard that story. I've never had either. I thought maybe being a hunter, maybe you had no, uh, had heard it. No, I've never heard that. But it's um, it's so true. There's always it's more so wolves true. when they're There's, less wolves when they're counted. Yeah, like for sure. That. Yeah, yeah. He, he the way he phrased this in his memoir was he thought about this with political opposition. Obviously, being a president, eventually, you know his 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 thought was that their bark was always worse than the bite. You know that that the, the the his political opposition was always really loud mm. but they couldn't do a whole lot to and them. that he's comparing them to a pack of wolves a pack That's of wolves yeah pretty well placed yes <laughs> sorry did i say that out loud that is for sure <laughs> i think i see the connection <laughs> and we all know worriers right mm -hmm. people who tie themselves up in knots over things that they don't need to be tied up and not. I mean, this is, I struggle here. We've all I, done it. I do it. I, I do it. And, um, you know, this is where I think God places uh, incredible spouses in our lives. My, my wife is, she's very good at walking me back from some ledges sometimes because, man, I'll run right up to ledges sometimes and I'll be just <laughs> skies falling, chicken little, you know. But it's never as bad as we make it out to be in our mind. But your worries are different than her worries because she's sure. worried about something else yeah. that you're not worried about, right? right? We all, yeah, yeah, I, I, that, that's true. Yeah, we all have something different, and you're talking her back from her ledge. Right. Right? And uh, it's, fu it's funny how God puts us together with people like yeah. that, right? Mm, for sure. <laughs> but I, you know, I have a theory for these people, um, people who, and I'm talking about serial worriers. You're not a serial worrier. She's not a serial worrier. You have things we worry, we all have things we mm -hmm. worry about. But there are people who, that's the way they spend their lives. Uh, there, there's names that come to mind immediately. Mm -hmm. And everybody out there listening probably has somebody who's come to mind when I say it. And it may be you. But 
Um, if you can't think of anybody, it's probably it's, you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but here's the here's I've talked with these people. I've I've kind of tried to get inside their head and ask them. And here's the the bottom line is people think that if I don't worry, then it means I don't care. Mm. And that's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's something that that we worry about the way that if I'm not acting like the world's falling apart, then I'm not concerned about the world falling apart. And and that you you could have both because we we have a reason to be confident in what we're doing, right. in who we are, in where we're headed. And of course, that's Jesus. And if if we're relying on God, we should have that confidence, and we shouldn't have to worry about things. And the truth is, the things that you worry about, in the end, you realize I didn't need to worry about that. But then there's common sense. Because I'm is. sitting here thinking about a few people I know. They don't worry about nothing. Well, I mean, nothing. <laughs> there's the other side. It's, it's like, oh, I'm washed in the blood of Jesus. I'm not worried. Look, there's three sharks in the water right there. Oh, I'm not worried about it. And they'll just jump right in. It's there. There's common sense that we don't need to confuse for worry. Because I do know those people. It's like, and I wish I had a little bit more of them in me. Um, <laughs> but they don't worry about nothing. Yeah. And you're like. There's sharks in the water. Yeah. You're you're about to jump in with them. You know, yeah. it's not the pack of wolves you can't see. It's two sharks that you can see right there. Yeah, there they are. And, and they're like, ah, they can't hurt me. You know, to what? <laughs> what is it that Paul says to to? I'm about to butcher this. To live is something. To die is gain. Yeah. I mean, and that's yeah. That's great to have that sentiment. But I don't want to die today. So yeah. We don't need to do what you're thinking about doing right now. <laughs> We've all had that friend growing up. That, that is true. <laughs> that is true. What I fear is we don't worry enough about the thing that we need to worry about. Exactly. And, and of course, that's just lost people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think that we, we talk about lost people, and we talk about how people need to come to a saving knowledge. Do we worry about them? Because mm-hmm. that, that's a legitimate worry, right? Mm-hmm. Particularly people that we know are lost, the people that are maybe family members or uh, friends that, that we've known for years. Um, those are the ones we should be worried about, yeah. right? Uh, and I guess maybe that's more of a, it's, it's more of a, a worry. I mean, excuse me, a concern. A burden. Rather than a worry. Yeah. yeah. So here, I, I, I found this. There's some things you can do if you're a worrier um, from a, a website called What Christians from whatchristianswanttoknow.com. So here, here you go. Pray to stop worrying. Be thankful. Think on good things. The Holy Spirit can bring peace. Trust God's strength. Worry is not from God. And remember that God cares for you. Hmm. And if you, can, if you can pick, it's probably one of those we can all pick out. Uh, you know, for me, I think... The one thing that helps me um, from a from a worry standpoint is uh, is is this worry is not from God. Mm-hmm. That really helps me. When I, whenever I I do have a real big concern about something, I, I think about that and it helps me. Yeah, so. I mean we've <clears throat> I think we've used it before the the term that faith and fear cannot coexist. Yeah, yeah. You know, they one's going to push the other out. Yep, that's a good way to put it. If you've ever participated in any sport, you've probably met a great coach. Great coaches inspire us to do more than we ever thought possible. 
You can be the leader that helps others achieve things they never thought possible. You, yes, you have the ability and the opportunity to be that person. All you need is a heart to help people and the ability to follow a plan. The Run for God 5K Challenge will come ready to help you inspire those around you. The step-by-step guide will direct you how to plan, pray, and train people both physically and spiritually. You can help them become more fit in their health and in their walk with Christ. Share your passion. Go to runforgod.com to find out how to inspire others to accomplish big things. All right, we're back. Have, have you ever run any ultras on the trail? Have you ever done I that? haven't, no. Uh, I've ran a couple ultras, but not on the trail. Yeah, the only ultra I ran was I ran 50 miles on my birthday one time for fun. So that's the... And that was fun to watch. That was it. Yeah, that was nice. <laughs> because talk about no track. You hadn't trained for that. Yeah. Yeah. It was I mean, just, you were running a lot, but... It was like the day I woke up the day before and thought, I think I'm going to try to run. a good idea. Yeah. 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 I've had a few of those. Yeah. yeah it's um, it's kind of like jumping in with those sharks. That's not a good idea, but we're going to do it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And just knowing how that felt and knowing that I'm not a trail runner. I just right. don't like running on trails. Um, but most ultras these days are run on trails. Yeah. And so I, I don't know why that is. Maybe it's because trying to keep a course clear, Yeah. And, you know, for people, um, on a road is hard. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but I, I do want to do an ultra one day. And I think the one I want to do is the Key West 100 miler. Hmm. You know, it goes from, I don't know, somewhere south of Miami there down to like homestead to key west yeah yeah and um yeah i I think that'd be a fun one to do. now it'd have to be like in january yeah it's not it's like in july wow yeah it's at a bad time of year but you know <laughs> that's that just makes it that much bigger deal when you do it right that's why i'm looking at it sure uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh my problem is i can't i'm not patient enough to do an ultra you know my my thing is is we you feel so good Mm -hmm. when you start and that's what got me in that that 50 miles was i I ran the first 25 at eight minute pace Mm -hmm. because it felt easy and And i was i I felt like i was trying to keep myself slower then yeah and and so but yeah i needed to be going much slower yeah than that so uh yeah and then forcing yourself to kind of take breaks and walk a little bit is obviously a good thing. You know, people who do ultras, they know that. They do that. Right. They have some kind of formula System. a lot of times yeah. they, they use. But then I look at, uh, oh, what was the guy's name here a few years ago? The, uh, and he ran the Boston Marathon, and he's an ultra marathoner. And I watched him tackle the 100K world record, and he missed it by like seconds. Um, and his name is escaping me right now. But I watch him do that, and I'm thinking, well, he ran for six – for 100k yeah he didn't stop why do i need to stop have you heard anything else about uh kipchoge you had mentioned in one of our later podcast that he's kind of announced or or made the statement that he would like to i have that world i haven't but i I, my gut my gut tells me he's probably not done with the marathon yet okay i mean you know when you win the olympics you're probably thinking i might have a little more gas in the tank yeah i guess so yeah (laughs) so (laughs) Uh, okay all right so we have a trivia question for this week and this one's kind of a more general question and Mm -hmm. um well i don't know that we've ever asked a question quite like this one but 
I thought it would be fun to ask. So here is the question. What is VO2 max and why is it important to being able to run faster? It's hmm. a good uh, one. Yeah, you can put some thought in that question too. And there's a lot of different ways you can put this. And I'll take anything that's in the ballpark. So um, this one would be a good pick one for people to research, though. Yeah, learn a little bit about because VO two max is one of those terms that we've all heard, and yeah. a lot of people don't really know the significance of that. Yeah, how do you write down the answer to that? Yeah, yeah. So send the answers to dean at runforgod dot com, and the first person to send the answer to me will win a run club box. Include your t shirt size and your address and your address, and we will send you a really cool. Run Club box. That's right. So get on it. I had somebody who uh, recently answered a trivia question um, who he was he was working like overnight or something, working odd hours. And um, he stayed up. He was like up all night. He was, like he saw the podcast drop. <laughs> it's like it's like he, he was like i don't know hitting refresh or something you got a you got an answer and, at 1201 and got uh, yeah he got on that podcast like ultra early so uh <laughs> there are some people doing that but then sometimes i don't get an answer i, I don't get an answer right away yeah. so it, it depends on the week it's it's funny i get a whole bunch like early monday morning sometimes and then sometimes i won't get any and just so Tuesday. everyone knows listening many most people don't know about the podcast dropping until Tuesday morning when they get the email. But the podcast actually comes out is it at, is it at midnight? I'm not sure what Monday time. morning or it's sometimes during the night on Monday morning is yeah. when uh J Radio drops these. So yeah. uh so yeah that that might help you uh get to the punch a little bit faster is these actually come out early, early in the wee hours Monday morning. So right. it's the video link that we send out on Tuesday. Right. So, right. but the podcast available. All right. Every week I share a reason why running is so awesome. And this week, my reason is out of town running. Mm. I was in Jacksonville, Florida this week. And, um, you know, we stay in the same hotel every time we go down there. We go down there to the Mayo Clinic for mm. Debbie. And uh, I've been able to develop different routes over the time. And so um, <clears throat> I know that area around that hotel way better than somebody who's not a runner would. Because I've been all over it, mm -hmm. running in that area, um, and and that's so that's a cool reason to 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 run when you're out of town. Um, and then there's people watching because wherever you go, people are different than where you came from, mm -hmm. and the people in Jacksonville are different from the people here. Mm -hmm. um, now, will I, I? I can almost tell you in some cases. I can probably tell you what region I'm in based on the people I run by and how Just, they react to you, and how they react to me. Maybe a little bit of how they're dressed. How they, yeah. you know, how they carry themselves, but, um, and I'll tell you what, the people in Jacksonville, props to Jacksonville, Florida, the people are so nice. Mm. Everybody I run by in Jacksonville, almost without fail, they'll they'll raise a hand, they'll smile, they'll do, they'll acknowledge me. Um, and I thought when I was running this past week, one lady, I thought she was going to trip over herself. She had headphones in, and so she couldn't hear me, but she saw me coming, and you could see she was kind of looking down and not looking at me until she saw me look at her and then and, and i was fiddling with something at the time and i got through just before we met and our eyes met and you would have she was like 
you could tell she didn't want to say it out. You know how somebody looks when they when they exaggerate their words, they don't they don't say them, but they yeah. exact. That's what she did. She was like falling all over herself to say, "Hey, it was uh, it was quite comical. I wish I'd had a video of it." Um, if you're that lady and you're listening to this, I'm sorry for describing you that way, but people don't know who you are. Um, now, I've run in New Jersey as well. Completely different reaction. It's whole different reaction there. Yeah. People look at me like I'm going to steal their wallet <laughs> in, in New Jersey. They have the suspicious look on their face, like, what "Who's are you, he running from? What are you doing?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's it, it's very interesting. Now, again, there are some great places in New Jersey, and some nice. There's some really we know some really nice people yeah. from New Jersey. <clears throat> Not talking about people from New Jersey, but there is a different reaction when you're out running sure. for sure. Uh, and they'll admit that. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I, I do love running out of town. At one time, I remember when I was in high school, I used to keep a, a, a paper log and a log book, and I used to write in the back of that book, I used to write the towns that I ran in. Hmm. And I mean, I would I would probably run in 30 or 40 different towns every year. I would add that to each mm -hmm. each one of my log books. So kind of interesting to go back and look, yeah. look at that. Uh, anyway. All right. We are down to our motivational thought of the week. And I made a promise earlier in this podcast. I said that I was going to share that poem from Natalie. And I thought, what more appropriate place to share the poem than in the motivational thought of the week? Hmm. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to share that poem from Natalie. And it's called Run. Today, I choose to lace up my shoes to meet you where you call. To strengthen my focus, step over that line and open my hands to it all. I'll bring excuses, you'll set them free. To be with you today is all that I need. With each step I take my with each step I take, my tenacity grows. I'm running towards intention where your love overflows. Counting my breaths burning like fire, muscles scream out with seizing desire. Is there in that moment it's there in that moment. You rescue my doubt, revive my objective, and force failure out. Somehow inadequate is no longer the truth. My ambition's restored, and I'm running with you. Your lungs are my lungs, and your feet are my feet. What once bestowed strife, now appealing to me. Oh, how I'm taken with your boundless grace, such humbling affection in seeking your face. Now here comes the finish line miles from the start, and each time I cross it, there's a change in my heart. Mm. That's a great poem, Natalie. Isn't that good? Yeah. I really, really enjoyed that. So thank you for that, Natalie. And I'm sorry to split up your story and take that away from your story, but I thought it was so good yeah. we had to feature it. Yeah. So, uh, so there you go. All right, everybody, you're doing great. To our new group of uh, to our new group of Fun Club members, the Walkers out there, welcome, welcome, welcome. It's going to be fun. Stay tuned. We're going to have more for you guys to come as we get near to the end of the year. But uh, welcome to the club. Amen. All right. Now, may God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, team. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.